Welcome to the End to End podcast. I'm Zandra Cross. I'm here with Charlie Scholar and Jess Howen. And this week, uh, we are going to try to talk about rules. So we're going to cover the ever famous that we talked about last week, uh, offside rule. Can't wait for that. <laughs> and we're going to and we're going to talk about the handball rule and a couple other a uh, couple other things. This will probably move into I think it's a pretty good segue. Um, Charlie brought it up last week is we should probably talk about different positions. We're going to kind of do a base because uh, I think maybe it might get a little confusing. It's still confusing to me and I, I've been in this for a very long time. Um, but how are you? How are you ladies? Present. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. Glad to be uh, here as always. Mouth is currently on fire. Thanks to my dinner. Uh, you have a drink to wash it down, right? I do. Okay. I don't know how much the beer is helping. I find beer doesn't really help with spice a whole lot. It's, it's a myth, I, at least to me. I don't know. I don't know. Like a Guilty. pale, pale ale or a lager can kind of help. I love like uh, a lager with Thai food myself. Oh, you lost me a pale ale. Wow. Yeah, I'm not a big happy person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, a pale ale is different than India not- pale ale is one thing. But, yeah. Pale ales are still a little hoppy though. Like I'm a oh. like I'm I'm sort of like a hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. kind of it's got to be it's got to be pretty mellow for me uh yeah Same. yeah i just admitted i'm weak it's fine all <laughs> right are we sure i like german uh, beers I, like there's a german restaurant near us and i truly enjoy the german beers that come out of the german how restaurant. is i mean german beers are definitely not a weakness so that's true um so before we actually get started on rules and stuff i have to uh, address something that I did last week um, that I got that I got called out on on Twitter by oh. by a friend of ours. Um, so I 100% called a team Red Bull Leipzig, and that is not what it is. Um, they are sponsored by Red Bull. However, pardon my German; it's pretty terrible. It is actually Rosenball Sport Leipzig. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what it means, but RB Leipzig is not Red Bull. So I am admitting my wrong. If she listens to this again, she'll know. She'll know. She told me I didn't have to fix it too. I was like, no, I was wrong. And I will admit it. So there you go. I'm fixing myself. (laughs) Well, I'll fix myself too then. It wasn't Danny Ings. It was Tyrone Mings that uh, Ibrahimovic had his little scuffle with. Little scuffle with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We talked about that one. I, I was like, oh, Danny, Danny Ings. I don't remember that one, <laughs> but I don't remember all the things. So I'm going to go with it. <laughs> all right. So um, we're going to talk rules, I guess. Do we do, do we want to start with offside? Is that what we want to do? Mm. We could just jump right in. Yeah. Like what's yeah, when you think offside, soccer, is, the, offside yeah. is the deep end, right? Like we yeah. might as well just go for it. We're going to learn to swim. That's fine. All right, let's go. <clears throat> Poor Charlie, I love putting her on. What is your understanding of the offside rule? Do you understand oh. it at like, like or do you think this is you understand my, it at all? This is my basic understanding of offsides. It's where like one team it has the ball and they're like dribbling down the field and they're going to try and score. And there's defenders from the other team, defense, defenders. Mm-hmm. Is that anyways? Yep. People on the other side trying to stop them, and somebody passes the ball. And it goes past the defenders and then the team that's trying to score, it goes and tries and ca- to catch up to it. And like, they can't pass beyond the defenders or the, yeah, that's a, my so, rough understanding, which is not re- probably not- pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Cause if you don't know, then you don't know. Like I, to this, like, I know icing is a thing in hockey. I don't understand it. Also don't understand offside. Like I'll, I don't understand offside in hockey. Like that's a weird thing to me too. Um, finally understand offside in football, like American football. That only took me forever. So it's so much easier. I feel like it's way easier to explain the offside rule when you have like a whiteboard and I can like write on it. Be like, yeah. yeah, like I need pictures. I need X's and O's and dotted lines and different colors and stuff. If I could yeah. sing, I would have broken out into song, you know, that X's and O's song. Oh, oh yeah. I can't sing. So you, it's your lucky day. What makes it better? <laughs> I get once again, I'm like flailing my arms around um, 
someday we might do a video podcast and then <laughs> like everybody could see how manic I get. <laughs> um, so you're kind of on the right track. Um, and it's when the ball is passed that, that you sort of lose it, I guess. Okay. I don't want to, you know, <laughs> that's fine. I'm not going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> so general, generally the rule is, uh, you're on the offensive. You and I are on the offensive team. We're going for goal. I have the ball. You're the person I wanted to pass it to. Jess is your defender. She is playing for the other team and she's trying to stop us from scoring. And she is the very last defender. All the other defenders are like behind us. And then you have your keeper, your goalkeeper. In order for me to pass the ball to you, you cannot be beyond Jess when I pass the ball. Okay. If you are beyond Jess, when I strike the ball, literally when it comes off of my foot, if your toe is past Jess, if your shoulder, just your shoulder is past Jess, if a piece of hair, probably not, it's probably not that bad, but like it gets bad sometimes. Is past Jess. Yeah. You are, you are offside. So timing becomes such an important thing because you really have to know, like, I have to know you as a player and you have to know me as a player to make sure that you're going to time this run that you're going to make to make it past Jess so that I can pass the ball to you perfectly. And so that's why you'll hear commentators talk a lot about like the timing is like the timing of that run, um, you know, was perfect because that that's what they're referencing is like, he was so close to being offside, but he wasn't. And then VAR comes in and, you know, that off, like every goal that gets scored goes to VAR review. Almost every goal that gets scored goes to VAR review. And can we um, just explain real quick what VAR is? Because that's an acronym and not everybody knows the acronyms. That's true. Uh, I'm going to hope I get this correct. Virtual assistant referee? Video assistant referee. Video, I was like. There are, so we, you, you will find that there is a center referee, two linesmen, um, and a fourth official that navigates the um, substitutions and um, things like that, uh, as well as the, they're the ones that'll tell you how much time is left from injury time. And then separate from those four, there's the VAR referee who sits, basically sits in a room, watches the game and watches all of the different metrics to make sure that what's going on is what's supposed to be going on. Does that help a little bit? Yeah. It's, no, it's, that makes that's sense. a, that's an extremely rudimentary explanation of the offside rule mostly because especially now that var has become a thing like there are all these little caveats to it and then one big piece of that and again this is going to be caveated with unless you're directly in front of goal um the only person that is considered offside is the person that the pass is intended for okay so if there's another person on our team that is past that last defender, but I pass it to you and not them. There's no offside because I've passed it to you and not that person. So it only applies to the person that the pass is intended for. Now, when you get in front of goal, it gets, that's where like the, the weeds get a little thicker um, because you can be considered offside if you're blocking the view of the goalkeeper. And, and you can be considered offside if you are inside the goal at the time of it's of it being scored. Yes, because it's almost like that pass. So it's almost like a person trying to score is intending to pass to you inside the goal. I'm tracking so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like at some and at some point, and it won't be this weekend because we're they're on international break. I mean, we could watch international games uh, together, but like I feel like we should sit down and watch a match together. Like yeah, that'd be on awesome. the phone with each other and so if something comes up that I, I this is something I've thought of before is like I should just watch a match with you I mean obviously I can't sit down with you we can't you know especially yeah. now we can't like go to a club Being on and I can't opposite like, coast yeah um okay so offside did I miss any of the rudimentaries on the offside rule I know that there's going to be some dude somewhere that's going to listen to this and go um you didn't explain it right well there's one thing about bitch. and that dude would be wrong <laughs> just saying yeah i'm looking through my rule book just to make sure so because yes i do actually own 
the International Football Association Board laws of the game. Granted, it's from 2017, 2018, so everything could be different by now because, um, well, handballs and offside have changed. I will say this. I do like, and I know, so this is a conversation that that I've seen a lot, um, and I've never really engaged in this conversation um, with anybody who is, you know, I don't know, supremely adamant about not changing the rules to the game. But a lot of people get really upset with how often the rules change. I joke about it, but quite frankly, I think the change is important. Um, VAR became really became a thing. Um, you know, the technology was there. They have they had VAR, a, a form of something like VAR for uh, for hockey. They had a form for the NFL, and obviously, you know, the NFL is like quite a slow it's it's a slow game i'm not gonna knock it i know people like it um i like watching the nfl sometimes i was gonna say we've had access to glt which is goal line technology for a while now so it's like var was the next was the next step right it was the step that made the most sense to follow yeah you know i think that the adaption adaptation there we go English um, is important Mm -hmm. and the game is changing quite frankly to protect the players because you've there have been some really really significant and serious injuries in the game that Mm -hmm. are preventable if you just adjust and and people get so upset about it it's mind-blowing to me like they want the game they want Vinnie Jones all the time and it's it seems to be specifically English Premier League fans that are like this to me, but like I, I don't know. Can I ask I don't... who's Vinny Jones <laughs> for those <laughs> of us that don't know. So yeah, Vinny second podcast in a row that we referred to him. That's true, yeah. So Vinny Jones is actually an actor. Um, but he used to be a player in the English Premier League. Um, and like the way that I would describe him is with the term hard man. So he's sort of the guy that would just <laughs> bumps people around again with the Vinnie Jones actually still holds the record for the fastest booking in a game and the booking is when you either get a yellow card or a red card Ah. Um, he basically started running before kickoff and then by the time the ball was kicked he had already knocked the person over yikes Um, he ended up actually being banned from playing football in England um, like about six months into his career, I want to say, maybe a little bit later after that, but it was pretty quick. Um, he got fined for putting out a video called Soccer's Hardman, uh, which I've watched. <laughs> and it is a video basically teaching people how to commit fouls without really getting caught. So one of his examples was when you're helping a guy off uh, up off the pitch, grab his armpit hairs as you lift him up. And so then it looks like you're helping him, but he's screaming bloody murder because he's in pain. Jesus. Um, yeah. yeah. This is just the kind of guy he is. He's actually, if you have seen Eurotrip. I was uh, going to say, I was going to say, let me, not. you know, he, <laughs> he, his very first movie was um, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Then he was in the movie Snatch. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then he's in Eurotrip and I'll let Jess finish it. He's always, he's kind of plays these guys that need decent medication and anger management. Um, <laughs> is kind of the way I can describe it. Yeah, I'd agree. <clears throat> Cause I mean, in Eurotrip, he was, you know, really threatening and beat the crap out of some people. And then he was hysterical. He plays a soccer fan in Eurotrip, by the way, yes. he's, he's, um, well, not just any side. He's what I would he he's what I would classify of, as the leader of hooligans. Yes. Oh, we should talk about soccer movies on another podcast. That, oh, that would be fun. Somebody write that down before we forget. I will write it down right, <laughs> right. now. But yeah, so Vinnie Jones is you know like it, it does seem like a lot of English Premier League fans, especially and it and I think it's a generational thing as well. Um, they really seem to want to keep the game dangerous uh, i would venture to say 
Um, at the same time, they're the same people who will say that, you know, oh, when their team commits a foul, they'll be like, no, no, that's a soft call. That's a soft call. But as soon as somebody, you know, has a horrible foul against their team, they're calling for like banning of that player for the rest of their lives. Oh. You know, it, it, they're that they're generally that kind of fan. Oh, absolutely. I hate it when <clears throat> players and goalkeepers time waste at the end of the game until oh. it's my team doing the time wasting. <laughs> so there was actually an incident where Real Madrid wasted time. I, I want to say it was probably 10 years ago and, but they purposely were trying to, to get yellow cards. Um, but it was Ramos got one and then um, Alonso got one. And I still remember just being utterly embarrassed by it. I just was sitting in my house by myself. And it, it was, it's that secondhand, Charlie knows what I'm talking about. It's that secondhand embarrassment thing. I'm That's like, the worst. Could, yeah. <laughs> but, and the funny part was you could tell Alonzo didn't want to do it. Like just on his face, he was just like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we had actually, Tim had, and Charlie, I'll answer your question about red cards, yellow cards as soon as I do this. But um, like Tim Howard was boss at it at the Rapids. He would sit there and he'd walk and drag his feet and, oh, no, I don't want this ball and wait for the ball boy to come bring him another ball kind of a thing. Like up until the ref blew his whistle and was like, all right, hustle it along. And he'd get carded for it. Um, but it was all it's all a part of the the gamesmanship of it. And so when we talk about yellow cards, red cards, fouls, all this kind of stuff. Um, they're all a different kind of foul, I could say, I should say. So foul is like you take somebody down when you shouldn't have. Um, and depending on the severity of it, you either kind of the ref says, okay, well, this team now has the ball, so they're going to keep going. And that's, you know, the, or the, the, the fouled team, I should say, has the ball, so they're going to keep going. That's called uh, advantage. Okay. Um, they could say, okay, no, this was enough of a foul. We have to stop the game and we're going to do a free kick from this position. So the foul team then kicks the ball and we do gameplay from there. Um, with the yellow card, it's basically a warning. They say, hey, you know what? This is not okay, but it's not so bad that we're going to tell you you have to go away kind of a thing. Like persistent infringement, it usually gets followed under yellow, filed under yellow cards. That's when the one team is fouling another player on the, the, the opponent. Man, I am stuttering like crazy tonight, y'all. I'm so sorry. I'm going to go ahead and blame your spicy food. Well, yeah, my tongue is just kind of, it's starting. Yeah, your tongue's numb. And also English is hard. (laughs) It's just one of those days. Yellow cards and red cards. Persistent infringement. Persistent (laughs) infringement. So if I continuously pull on your shirt, Charlie, continuously, it's me doing it or on somebody else's shirt, there will come a point where, so at one point I'll like pull on your shirt and pull you down and the ref will come over and be like, Hey, he'll he'll blow the whistle. He'll say that was a foul. You're going to, you know, the other team is going to have a free kick. He's going to after the, however, it depends on the ref too, is to when they decide that that persistent infringement is a thing. So some refs will let things go and other refs will be like, after two, like you've done the same thing twice. They're going to be like, here's your yellow card. Um, so that is a little, um, you know, that that's sort of on the ref a little bit. Right. Um, because the goal is really to let the game flow as you've seen the game, like the clock never stops. Yeah. Right. So you have a 45 minute half. The game is, is, and I, I'm using quotation fingers here. The game is 90 minutes when you have a 45 minute half and you've stopped the game so often, whether for injury, for fouls, um, you know, ball goes out of play. You've got to wait for the ball boy to give another, you know, another, ball the other team is time you know is is wasting time whatnot so you the ref can add what we consider extra time injury time on to the end of the um the half of that 45 minutes and it's honestly up to the ref so you'll be watching and they'll say okay there's going to be four minutes of extra time 
And after four minutes, they're still going because it's up to the, it's the ref's discretion. So there may be stoppages during the four minutes. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to add some more time. Yeah. And we've seen it where the time gets cut short. There was one where I think the game got blown 30 seconds early and that was without injury time. So it's really like up to the refs, like she was saying, when it comes to um, time management. Mm -hmm. So with the yellow cards, if you have one, you're okay. You know, you usually build up a certain amount, like in MLS, if you get a total of five cards across different games, five yellow cards, then you have to sit a game to, as panel, as uh, punishment. That's a FIFA rule. Huh? That's a FIFA rule. That's across. Yeah. That's across all leagues. Okay. Well, I mean, I know it's, I know it's five in MLS. I'm not sure if it's more or less in other leagues. No, it's five. Okay. And it's five during tournaments as well, like international tournaments um, and club tournaments as well. Right. And that was, and that was the point that I was making earlier with the time wasting where Alonzo and Ramos drew yellow cards on purpose. And rather than like, you know, risk getting a red card for a foul, they just wasted time and drew the yellow card for wasting time. What mm-hmm. they were trying to do was they were sitting on four yellow cards each during the tournament. And so they were trying to draw that fifth so that they could sit out the next game and after and assuming that Real Madrid were going to win the next game, then they would be available for the the more important game after that. Right. And if the disciplinary committee catches them doing that or had caught them doing that, that would have actually stacked on additional uh, penalties as FIFA saw fit. I believe they actually got fined for that. Um, mm-hmm. If they catch it early or not early, but like um, if they catch it before the game, you know, that they're going to be allowed to play again, they will hold them for another game. Right. They'll be like, no, you can't play that game either. Right. Gotcha. Are you still with us? Or are we oh, like, yeah. I'm just following. <laughs> You're I, good. Just, no, I'm just making sure like, I don't want to, like I told you before, like if we don't make sense to you, jump in, right. please. Cause I, I realize sometimes that the way I explain things one, because my, I'm scatterbrained, my, my brain jumps around. And two, I inherently understand these things because for years I've been involved in it. And the same with Jess, I'm sure. So like we just, and I don't mean this, I feel like if I say it this way, like it's gonna, it's gonna seem like I'm talking down and it's not what I mean at all. I just want to make sure that you get it. Yep, and I don't I do. want I'm you to so feel like I'm talking over your head. I don't want you to feel like I'm, you right. know. Yeah, because soccer can be a different language sometimes. And so you need a translator right now and again. Again, like we were saying with the yellow cards, one in a game is okay. If you get two in the same game, that basically equates to a red card. And that means you are out of the game and you miss the following match. It doesn't basically equate it as a red card. You get two yellow cards, it is a red card. Right, yes. (laughs) Your second yellow card equals a red card. And there are things such as straight red cards as well. So if you um, slide tackle somebody cleats up and you get them and you're, there's no evidence that you are um, aiming for the ball at all, that's going to be an instant red card. That's a dangerous play that could really rupture somebody's Achilles and yeah, take them yeah. out for the rest of the season, if not longer. And again, this is referee discretion. And there are rules as to what is supposed to constitute a red card and what is supposed to constitute a yellow card. But there are so many times where you see that, you know, the ref really doesn't adhere to those. And and it's it's on. I noticed I noticed that difference in watching the two finals for the Euro Cup and then also Copa America, like the Euro Cup. It seemed like that final match, they um, really let a lot just slide to maintain continuity of play. Mm-hmm. And then in Copa America, maybe just a different roughing style, but it seemed like they were stopping the game a lot more. Like we're just going to nip stuff in the bud. So it can, it can also have to so, do with, that was interesting. Um, with, so like in, in the Euro final, it may have had to do with, you know, okay, we let the game play a little bit because the ref saw it as um, this isn't going to get out of hand where a lot of matches and, and, you know, shame on me. I did not see the Copa America final, but um, oh boy, it was 
It was a fun one. The ref it was, it was really may good. have started stopping things a lot more because he saw that it could have gotten out of hand. So if they let that keep going, then it becomes rather than a, than a soccer match, it becomes a brawl. And that's what they're trying. That's, that's, that is sort of the burden of the ref is to manage that. And how do you want to handle all these fouls that keep happening? Do I let them happen for a little bit or do they, or do I nip them in the butt early so that this doesn't get, so that I can keep control of this match? Because that is the ref's job is to control the match. Yeah. Cause if you, I mean, I've seen it in MLS where if you leave, if you let a game go, too long without whistling something without stopping without calling things um the players are going to notice and they're going to take advantage of it Mm -hmm. um and it can end you know like xandra was saying with an all-out brawl it can end in severe injuries it can end with the coach getting ejected (laughs) I, i will throw like my own experience into this so i noticed that a ref was letting us get away with stuff. I straight clotheslined a girl and got away with it Andra. because the ref was just letting stuff happen. I've, I've run up and straight flattened people. Um, because I, re- I noticed that a ref, I pulled a girl down by the back of her shirt once and got yellow is like the only yellow card I ever got in my career, but oh. yeah, I can honestly say trying that hard one. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently I was trying hard enough. <laughs> Well, I, I will say I was actually really good at slide tackling. So I don't know that I actually ever got carded um, in any of the games I played in. Yeah. I mean, more often than not, I was in goal because nobody else was not afraid. <laughs> I never got carded so. in Europe because every time I, I was like one of the smallest players on the field. So every time I would run up and try to like hip check somebody, I would bounce off them and it looked like they fouled me. <laughs> <laughs> so. But I was like 17 playing against, you know, much older women. So it that was is very interesting. Great imagery. <laughs> like I just see this little Alexandra ping pong table. Yeah, it was, I feel like it was kind of cartoonish. I'm sure my parents have video of it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you feeling about red cards, yellow cards? Solid. Makes okay. sense. So here's the thing with the, with your double, your double yellow, any sort of red card. So whether it's a double yellow that leads to a red card or a direct red, red card, as soon as you get that you're off the pitch and your team can't replace you. So your team is going to play instead of with 11 players on the field, they're going to play with 10. So you're now at a disadvantage. It's similar it's very similar to the idea of like the penalty box for hockey, except for you're out for the rest of the game. Right. Oh. Somebody's so in the penalty box. If you hear somebody say you're playing a man down, that's, that's what it means. So you yeah, can okay. get red carded in the second minute and your team is 10 men from that moment on. And also okay. if you get a straight red card, you're out for the next two matches. Right. So it's like you, you really don't want to do your team like that. No, not at all. And especially if you're, if you're looking at towards the end of a season and, you know, the title race is really tight or there's important games coming up, um, you're in a tournament and, you know, there's important games to move you forward for the final, um, you know, even in group stages, you really don't, I mean, in general, you don't want to get, get red carded, but, but timing is a big thing too. Cause if you make a, just a nasty tackle, or, you know, you pull a Sergio Ramos and you punch somebody in the face. <laughs> like, <laughs> like right. You don't, you're out for the next two matches and those are important, you know? So I, and in terms of the, I was going to bring this up earlier in terms of the refs losing control of matches or, you know, things that are up to the refs. And I'm, I'm sort of going back to like, I, I talk about the Spanish national team a lot just because that, that is stuff that sticks in my mind, but, um, the world cup final in 2010, when Nigel de Jong straight was, it, I think it was de Jong. He just like karate kicked Shabby Alonso in the sternum. And he, I remember, and I'm going to post a, I, I'll post a gif of this because describing it doesn't really do it justice. 
He did not look at the ball. Alonzo's eyes were on the ball the entire time. De Jong did not look at the ball. His foot planted in, in Alonzo's sternum. Alonzo was, Alonzo was in the air. So he's not, his feet aren't planted on the ground. He was jumping to head the ball. And he literally folded around De Jong's foot, hit the ground, and... Uh, the referee was a guy named Howard Webb, who is super, super controversial uh, in the English Premier League because he's sort of known as being really biased toward Manchester United, um, like for Manchester United. Mm-hmm. And he um, did not call like that should have been a red card. I would think so. Absolutely. And he didn't call it. He called oh. a foul. He did not card. Not, uh, I think he just gave him a yellow card. Now. Later, he said he admitted that he made the wrong decision, uh, but he also said that the reason that he made that decision was because he didn't want to set a really set that precedent in the match. But it's like you you have to. This game is now going to get out of hand for you, right? Because Nigel De Jong just kung fu kicked Alonzo in the sternum and got away with it. If I were him, I'd be like, hell yeah, I can do anything. Not going to get called for it. Man, I can't imagine letting that go. Yeah, I would think that would fire up the opposite team. Like, wouldn't they just, wouldn't they just get more aggressive too? I mean, it did fire them up. They won. (laughs) Okay. But also, but also, um, and now I'm blanking on who it was. Somebody else got carded leader. I think it was Robin. Um, Ariane Robin, who plays for the Netherlands as well got red carded later for a much lesser foul and it, it it's pretty like well, it's like an unspoken thing that that was the makeup call yep well and there are instances similar to that where like the the ref will let stuff go for too long and the game will get out of control and then all of a sudden he is pulling cards left and right to mm-hmm. try and get control back and at that point it is it's too late cats it, out of the bag you care exactly yeah it is yeah and it, whatever it you can to keep people from like significantly injuring someone and else it's hard to pull those games back in right because and you know i keep saying it like these are highly competitive individuals if you do something to me and you get away with it the first thing i'm going to do is retaliate oh yeah well, and that's something you find across sports. I mean, think about the whole. I mean, uh, I may also have uh, anger management issues, but that's neither here nor there. Right. But think about the Robin Ventura, Nolan Ryan fight. I mean, he, Nolan Ryan intentionally beamed him because of their pitcher beaming one of his players. Yeah. You know, and so this whole notion of retaliation is not, is not an unfamiliar concept, you know, across sport at all. Yeah. So is there any kind of like sportsmanship code in soccer where you say like, I'm an, or is that just not a thing? Because coming from the outsider, like one of the things that I've always kind of made fun of soccer for is the dramatics and the temper tantrums and the like flailing around on the ground. And like, is there a code of sportsmanship do you think, or not so much? Oh, um, yeah, I think, I, I think yeah, there is. Yes. Um, because you'll see it in stuff like um one of the you know, say the Rapids are playing the Sounders. A Sounders player goes down and the ref hasn't noticed it. So the Rapids player intentionally kicks the ball um out of bounds mm-hmm. and stops the game. That's probably a pretty good adv- example of sportsmanship in the game because then the ref can turn around and say, Oh, players down, let's get medical over here if they need it. You know, when very much the Rapids player could have taken advantage of the Sounders being down a man and done what he could. I think too, like one of the examples that, that I can think of off the top of my head was this, um, was a match might've been last weekend. Um, was Arsenal Chelsea last weekend? Yes. Yeah. So it was, it was Arsenal Chelsea and, um, I think a Chelsea player went up to head the ball and, and I don't actually know if he lost consciousness or not. Um, but when he hit the ground, it was pretty apparent that he was very seriously hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first person to him and calling the physios onto the pitch 
the medical team onto the pitch was an Arsenal player. So you see it a lot during injury, real injury. It's obvious when there are dramatics. And, and even I, I understand, see, this is a thing that like, I get kind of, I understand diving. I get it. I know why they do it. Right. Don't like it, but I know why it's done because I know the advantage that happens. Right. What cracks me up is when you can tell the difference between a real injury and a fake injury. And there are times where people who are critical of soccer will be like, well, the guy got kicked in the shin and then he like fell to the ground like he was dying. I'm going to be like, have you ever come shin to shin with somebody full speed? Yeah, that shit hurts. Yeah, it does. Especially when you look at the little shin guards they have now, that's like this super thin piece of plastic that I don't. Does it actually protect their shin? It doesn't. No, but we all hate wearing shin guards, right? Shin guards are terrible. You have no control. Like if the ball, if the ball hits your shin, you have no, your shin guards, especially you have no control. Right. It's impossible. I mean, it's not impossible, but like, it's pretty impossible to control the ball. So like, that's why shin guards have gotten smaller. I still remember the huge ones that I used to wear when I was a kid, Yep. but also because nothing fit me because of tiny feet and short legs. So, (laughs) so. Yeah. My current soccer cleats are actually kid-sized soccer cleats because they were cheaper and I could fit into them. Um, That's my entire shoe collection. So when it comes to injuries, um, you like my abrupt? I like it. Yeah, I do. It's a great segue. It's fine. (laughs) A lot of times, like when you see the guys that are rolling around flailing, they tend to not be as injured. You know that they're seriously injured when they just go down. The more rolls that happen on the ground, the less injured they are. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, when you look at what happened to, you know, like the player that um, Xander was talking about earlier that got knocked unconscious. You know, when you look at, we had a a player, not on Boateng, who didn't go up for a ball, right? He actually ended up getting carded for it because he fouled the guy, but it knocked him flat out and he didn't move. You know, so stuff like that, you know, or you see somebody who looks like they're fine, they'll take a couple steps and then they just drop. There's not a lot of motion because, oh my gosh, it hurts and I don't want to hurt it worse. So I'm just going to hold still because maybe if I hold still, it'll stop hurting. Yeah. You know, so when you see like the Neymar rolls, you kind of, everybody kind of rolls their eyes and goes, okay, well, you know, and to Neymar's credit um he does get fouled a lot and he the fouls don't always get called Um, and that and that's why I say I understand the diving and I understand is because like you're getting fouled all the time and in order to get it called you have to hit the ground Mm -hmm. but there are actually rules that um are supposed to help prevent uh what they call simulation um, and it's supposed to be a yellow card offense when you dive without mm-hmm. being touched or being with, without cause, basically. So there are times where people will dive in the box trying to get a penalty kick. You know? pot, hold on. When we say in the box, we mean the, the large box in front of the, um, in front so, of the goal. So, so like that's the big that's white line that goes kind the, of around the goal. Yeah, the big white line that has the little half arch at the top. That's that's referred to as either the box or the 18. Yeah. And then the little box in front of the net is the six yard box, which has no real purpose, but whatever. Well, that's where keepers take their goal kick off. of. It's still not a restart games. (laughs) It's not a real purpose. It counts. All right. It counts. I know it's enough of a purpose that I've watched them shovel that line off in snow games. So it's true. I, the biggest purpose of that is just that the goalkeepers can't push the ball f- more forward of that line right? to take their goal kick. Okay. Yeah. And once but yeah, di- diving slash simulation is it, it's a very contentious topic among, among soccer fans. And I, yeah. I generally, um, sometimes I like to poke the bear, um, <laughs> like you didn't you know that. Never. I know. <laughs> never. Um, I keep saying like, I can keep my mouth shut. It's my face that needs deliverance. And then people are like, no, you can't (laughs) stop (laughs) ruining it. 
So don't play you in poker is what I'm I understanding. Totally. Because then or, I can take you for all you yeah. put down. Well, and also I don't know how to play poker. So, so <laughs> I only learned how to play blackjack like two years ago. Uh, came away with double my money. So I must've done something right. But uh, I totally derailed my own point because I don't remember what I was talking <laughs> <laughs> uh, We were talking about the box. Okay, so yellow card simulation, yeah. I mean, I, I understand, like, with Neymar, how often he gets fouled. I will say, though, like, one of my favorite things was, um, and this was over 10 years ago that this happened, but yeah. Fernando Torres, playing for Liverpool, forced himself, I don't know how else to put this, he forced himself to trip over his own feet to get a call and the video is hilarious. I think they were playing Chelsea actually. It was like one of the funniest dives I've ever seen. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to send that to nice. Charlie as well. Please do. So fouls on the goalie. Um, because goalies do get fouled. Goalies do get injured. Um, probably one of the most notorious instances of this is the Liverpool Real Madrid game from three years ago now, four. It was the final. It was Liverpool, uh, where their keeper, and you'll have to forgive me, I, oh, Carius, um, hit the goalpost just right and to nobody's fault. Um, but he ended up having concussion problems and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I totally lost my point with that too. Now, oh my holy, what yeah, is the is the foul on a, on a keeper treated differently? Here we go. Yeah. yeah, I mean goalies are kind of protected. Yeah, um, as they should be. So fouls on the goalie are is treated are treated a lot more harshly than they would be otherwise. Okay, um, and a, and a lot of that is you know the the keeper's a bit more vulnerable. Yep. Um, yes, they're allowed to use their hands. They can come in where you would be coming up with your head. They can come up with a fist and basically punch you in the head, um, which does happen from time to time. And actually there was, um, Didier Drogba got, got punched in the head quote, quite a few years ago. A player named Didier Drogba got punched in the head quite a few years ago. And, um, and it knocked and it, again, this injury, right? Like head injuries in the, in the sport are pretty bad. Um, yeah. but he got, he got knocked out really. And, and I was watching that match live and I just remember knowing immediately that he had been knocked out. So despite, you know, yeah. Okay. Goalies can come in with their, with their hands, they can grab the ball. Um, they are quite vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, especially you come, when they go uh, down to catch the ball. Yeah, know, exactly. Off like the player's foot, they can get run over real quick. Yeah. I was and just thinking like if they go bending, if they're bending down to pick up the ball, like their head is just closer to feet. Well, and, like you they'll slide in, in as well. And they slide in head first to grab the ball. Right. Cause that's yeah. where the hands are. So they're going to slide in to take the ball with their hands from a player. And they generally, their hands will be down and their head um, a lot of times will be up. And even if the player who's coming in, jumps over them they still run the risk of of you know knocking them in the head with their knees with their feet whatever so goalies are a bit more keepers are a bit more protected because because of how vulnerable they do become right but you know there are also there are also rules to protect the you know whoever it is the player that's coming in with the ball like the keeper can't just sweep the legs out from under the player because you know, that's also not fair. So you know what a goalkeeper is? Yes. The person that keeps the ball from going into the net and can use their hands. Yes. But only in their box. Only in, only in the box. So no hands outside of the box. Right. So that, that 18, they can't use their hands in. <laughs> Sorry. If you use I know this is like this 12 is... years old. <laughs> if you fine. use your hands outside of the 18 yard box, um, you will get a red card. Okay. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Not like a penalty kick or something, but it, no, right. it is considered intentional. That yeah. is an intentional handball. Um, and because you know very well where your lines are. 
Yep. You've been doing this for a very long time. Anything outside of that box, that is an intentional handball. You're trying to get away with it. Yep. We lost Tim Howard uh, for a game after um, he did that against FC Dallas. Oh, really? Dallas. Yeah, he was. It, it kind of looked like he thought he was further back than he was. I don't know. Um, but he was definitely outside of his box and made the save and got ejected. So when a keeper gets ejected, usually what happens is, is you put in the backup and take somebody off the field. Yeah. So you still have a keeper in net, but you're also still down 10 men to 10 men. I've seen before, and this happened to LA galaxy. And I think what happened, I think their first keeper got injured. Their second keeper got carded and they ended up putting a midfielder in goal. And it was, and he was good. It was really weird. And he like, he got, you know, all kinds, in all kinds of interviews afterwards, he was, you know, asked about how well he did. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, I played keeper sometimes in college. (laughs) So like, they were like, we're going to put this guy in. (laughs) Um, It was, it was one of the craziest things I had ever seen. I was like, I don't even know what's happening in MLS right now. Um. So defenders, they're the people at the back of the field closest to the goalie and their job is to stop any, um, the opposite team from running away with the ball and getting in and scoring. Yes. So there's, (laughs) yeah, basically. So there's a lot of like, I can explain soccer badly. That's like my superpower. Should (laughs) maybe that should have been our podcast name. Soccer badly. badly. (laughs) (laughs) It's not too late. It's true. There are several other end-to-end podcasts out there. Yeah, I did my best. That's all right. Nobody anyway. had better ideas. Just saying. It's because you had <laughs> nobody being me. <laughs> I asked, you know, a few followers about what I should. Uh, my friend Adam said that I should name it four three three, and I was like, uh, "Isn't that already?" I think that's taken as well. I'm, I think I've seen something. Like yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. But he said it was his favorite formation. Yeah, so your defenders are obviously there to be your last, I don't want to say your last line of defense, but you know, they're that is their entire job. They're not gonna push really far up the generally, and and you know, we can get into defenders who are like Marcelo, um, who would push really high up the field. Mm-hmm. Um and when I say high up the field, I mean like quite far into the offense, like your offensive end. So like pushing toward the other team's goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so like they're not going to push up as far, um, you know, set pieces are a little different set pieces being when the, when the, what we call a dead ball. Um, so whether it's a corner kick or a free kick, um, but you'll see a lot of, especially now, I would say probably in the last 10 years, your wing backs, um, which are your defenders on the outside will push really, really far up. So I mentioned Marcelo, who was a Brazilian, uh, who is a Brazilian back, uh, Brazilian defender that plays, played for Real Madrid, plays for Real Madrid. I don't even know who's on the fucking team. He's still there. He's still there. He, he has not Wait. gone Ramos is the one who left. I, yes. Transfer the transfer season always fucks me up and I have to spend like five days after the transfer window closes, like searching where people (laughs) never fails. Like I get super confused. Um, but, uh, but he would push really, really far up the field to cross the ball into whoever, you know, whoever was playing forward at, at the time, whether it was Kareem Benzema or, Cristiano Ronaldo or, or whoever. Um, so we kind of consider them wing backs because your wings are generally the ones that are going to push forward more. Um, what that ends up doing is causing an issue. Um, if there's any sort of counterattack. So if you're a defender and you're so far up the field that you're in the other eight, 18, the other box and the, the opposing team does a counterattack. So they gain possession of the ball and they start running toward the goal that you're defending. Now you have the entire length of the field to cover. And that makes it really, really difficult. That leaves vulnerabilities 
you know, for your team. Yeah. And you have to book it back and make sure that your man is marked because then if a goal scores off of it, it's on your head yep. and not the keeper, not anybody else. Then your midfielders, um, ideally, and this is a thing that I kind of get on the United States men's team about a lot. Um, but you don't want to play kick and run soccer. No. And what does that mean? So kick and run soccer is basically your defender has the ball and they just play the ball up over the top and your forwards run onto it. Okay. They just, so they're they the ball as hard as they can, as far as they can and hope a forward will catch it. Yeah. Does that make and sense? It's, it's uh-huh. inefficient yeah. because you're not, you're not actually possessing the ball and you're not actually moving the ball in a way that will, I don't want to say it won't guarantee you a goal. I mean, it's not, it's nothing's ever going to guarantee you a goal. I think it's more that it's up in the air as to who is going to end up controlling the ball at the end, at the end of it. Yeah. That much time to plan for it. It is really easy for the opposing team to step in and take back, take back possession. Yeah. Um, your midfielder, ideally, your base idea of a midfielder is to be a transition from your defender to your forward. Right. So when when you have intercepted the ball in your defensive on your defensive side, the defender would then pass the ball to a midfielder who would then pass the ball, you know, and this isn't, you know, a direct line necessarily, but your right. your defender passes the ball to the midfielder and then the midfielder passes the ball to the forward. Your midfielder is a middleman. And it's much more important than that because a midfielder can end up controlling the pace of the entire match. So if you okay. want the match to go quicker, your midfielder can be the person that facilitates that. If you want the match to go slower, then your midfielder is, is the person to facilitate that. I was that kind of midfielder. If you um, want to slow the game down and have control of the ball, that's the type of midfielder I was. Okay. So probably my favorite example to watch in this, and he's retired now, but there's all kinds of stuff that you can go watch is, um, is actually Bastian Schweinsteiger. Um, he is shiny. Yeah. He really controls the ball. Well, I mean, when you watch him with Bayern Munich, when you watch him with the German team, when you watch him with Chicago fire, um, you can see how he adapts to each play style to each gameplay to route it where he wants it to go to control like Xandra was talking about control the pace of the game um and, and my to- favorite example of that would be Xavi Alonso yeah and yeah. who's Xavi Alonso he was a Spanish midfielder um who played for Liverpool Real Madrid uh and Bayern Munich yep. and um he was very it, it's a very similar playing style to what she's saying that that Bastian Schweinsteiger is like where he's he controls the pace of of the game gotcha probably another current one is Modric um, yeah Modric, Modric is really good at it watch him really you know he he and Tony Kroos really play off each other really well in and, controlling the game and moving yeah. forward and backwards yeah. and generally that type of midfielder is going to be a center is going to be your center so right. Your outside midfielders, your you know, or your wings, um, they're generally going to be. You're going to push the ball to them so that they can run the ball down the side, uh, and then cross it into. Generally, like this is there's so much strategy that goes into this that I'm not going to get into, but like a general description yeah. of it is their job is to run the ball down the side or have the ball passed to them as they're running down the sideline to then cross the ball into your striker so that you're, or your forward so that they can then score. Um, and there are a lot of like different ways to align your, your squad, your team on, you know, with their roles on the pitch to sort of have, you know, you can have two people on the outside. You can have two people forward. You can have three people forward. You can have one person forward. You can have, two forwards but where one sort of sits behind the other generally like and it just gets really really um convoluted well and the thing i like about about them is that if you need extra uh backup and your defensive line the wingers can drop down and do that too yeah 
more often and you than can have, not, they're pushing forward, but they can easily move where they are needed the most. You can have central central midfielders that will do the same um, right. generally, but you know you'll have central midfielders that will will generally hang back um, a little bit more, so they end up being a bit more defensive. And, those um, and they are the central they, defending midfielder, yeah. and the guys that run forward are central attacking midfielders. Have we confused you yet? Not yet. Um, I'm, I'm trying I've so heard hard. <laughs> some when I was growing up as a kid, like the position that everybody wanted to be because it was the cool position was something like striker. Is that a yeah. thing in yeah. professional football? The reason that striker was cool is cool is because you score goals. Like that's your entire job is to score goals. And with goals come glory. Everybody right. wants glory. Honestly, when you look back um, at Ronaldo's goals, you don't think so much about the setup. You think of who put it in, how he put it in. Yep. You know, everybody can be like, oh, well, Ronaldo has over 800 goals for his career. All right. Well, tell me who said it, who set him up. No one. Marcelo. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Marcelo. Tony Kroos. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Renato Sanchez. Right. Lately anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, uh, a forward and the reason that I don't know when it changed from being like a striker to a forward. And I think it has to do with like the type of role that different strikers would play. So you would have, you know, what we would call target men, and then you would have creators. uh, And it just like target men would be the person that he's going to basically hang out in front of the goal and somebody's going to pass you know, cross the ball in, which is generally a cross is like a long, well, long, um, pass in the air that then, you know, your striker, your forward is going to get either get a head on, or if they have the room, they're going to get a foot on it. Right. Um, and then, you know, your creator is going to be somebody who collects the ball a bit further out from the goal and then can make the moves to go in and then create, you know, they've created the space for themselves to score a goal. Um, so I, I think that's when the, the terminology generally changed, but I'm, I'm not sure. Well, I think, you know, if they're all still forwards, period. Yeah. That's that particular position. You are at the front of the pack. You are forward. Um, I think that when we talk about the striker stuff, it's just the specialization within the forwards. You know, sniper's still a part of the army. They're just also called a sniper you know yeah. you know that kind of thing yeah um so are, are, are strikers usually like the star on the team but or if you had to have like a star player or can that star power be anywhere on the field your star power can kind of be anywhere i think what right. what the way that the game has changed a little a little bit um over the past 10 years is that yeah sh- your forwards slash strikers they used to be your star power. Your star was going to be the person that was scoring your goals. And then somewhere over the past 10 years, your star power is generally coming, I think, a, quite a bit more from your midfielders. Yeah. Because midfielders have sort of, one, they're scoring a lot more goals, but because the line between forward and midfielder has blurred a lot more. Yeah. It's, it's not as definitive as it used to be. Well, and that's, so you'll hear terms sometimes like, uh, they're a nine or they're a 10 a false nine, false nine. Um, when you hear somebody say nine, that's the striker. The 10 is kind of the creator role. Um, these kind of correlate or at least they used to correlate to, uh, Jersey numbers. Mm-hmm. And so by wearing whatever number, so a goalie is traditionally the number one, on the pitch. So they wear the number one. It's kind of like how, when you score in baseball, the pitcher is one catcher is two first is mm-hmm. three, all that kind of stuff. It's that same kind of layout so that you can use that for, um, for tactic, for tactical discussions and for planning. Um, so I think, Oh boy, I've had a really hard time keeping up with my own brain today. Y'all. Um, <laughs> happens to the best of us, <laughs> right? But I think that's part of where some of the the position definitions can come from is that 
you know, the nine has been the striker, has been the forward traditionally, you know, and the 10 has been a forward, but is a, um, a creator position kind of a thing. Am I making sense or am I making it worse? No, you're making sense. Okay. Works for me. I was say, I can't answer that question. <laughs> yeah. Partly because I zoned out. Oh. <laughs> Partly because I'm not the one that needs to be told. You're supposed to be listening. Oh, I'm sorry. How are you feeling about the understanding of it? Pretty good. I think it's going to help next time I watch a game, um, okay. which I will probably do after we're done recording tonight. I'll throw one on um, if I can find something that's recent this week. I'm open to suggestions if there's a game you think I should watch. So well, the national team is playing El Salvador right now yeah. in uh, World Cup qualifying games. Who, who is? I'm sorry, I missed the first part. The U.S. men's national team. Oh, okay. That would be Xandra's favorite team. <laughs> Listen, I support my country. Sorry. Huh. Um, no, I like I legitimately do. Uh, I don't want <laughs> like, it's like literally sounds like I hate them. Um, no, I, I do support. I just get very, um, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't, you know, I don't have children. So, um, but I feel like it's a bit like, you know, I love my children. I really hate what they're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I have been hating what they've been doing for a very long time. <laughs> I was like, you can't even qualify for the Copa America. Come on. <laughs> Hey, you know what, though? Honestly, I, I'm pretty hopeful with what we've been seeing from them. It's, yeah, um, there's definitely growth. It's just when you're talking about growth at a, at a pace that is even the same as somebody who's already better than you. Right. So like you're at level five and somebody's at level 10 and you're both growing at the same rate, you're never going to catch them. Right. Yeah. And then if you're growing at a relatively slow rate, but they're growing at a fast rate. And this, this is a thing that I have with the U S women's national team as well, which is like the U S women's national team was so good for a very long time, but yep. they stayed, their growth was not as quick as everybody else's. So everybody else caught up. Well, and I think part of that might just be is the rest of the world went, Oh crap. <laughs> let's go as quick as we can, you know? Right. Which is what the men's national team should have done when looking at the rest of the world and did not. Yes. And so like, there's this sort of, yes, they're growing, but is it enough? And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that question. I'm not, I'm not pretending that it is enough and I'm not pretending it isn't enough. It's just like, that's my sort of like, yeah, I'm very proud of the men's national team for how they look now. It's just that like, they look great everybody else still looks that much better. Yeah. So um, do you think there's anything else? I mean, we talked about, you know, the big rules. Um, I'm sure at some point there's going to be another situation where you're like, wait, explain this rule to me. Uh, and we will do that whether we plan on it or not. Um, because there's still shit that I'm like, wait, what? And I have to go look it up. Yeah. Because um, I don't memorize, you know, the FIFA rules word for word verbatim what do we want to talk about next week what did you write in your purple pen the, the soccer movies do we want to jump into soccer movies i don't know I, mean, I, I couldn't remember what it was so thank you <laughs> <laughs> that's all no worries no pressure we don't have to do that next week no pressure. um we were what was there was something else and my brain is not functioning either today um, do we want to go into any kind of origins at all oh my gosh i want to talk about the origins of the word soccer yes okay. bring it Holy crap. yeah let's let's do a history episode okay Ooh, this is gonna be fun oh, do we think that's me. cool yeah i'm down with that you know i love history so. yeah right, i love how we literally plan out our next episodes on air by the way you know what though <laughs> I mean, it's half the fun and if anybody listening has suggestions for where they want us to go next they can totally you know yeah. tweet one of us for it I was about to say Please that. Do. Tag us if you're Our watching one. or not yes. watching, listening, I guess. Tag us individually. But. Tag the podcast, please. Let us know. What do you want to know? What do you think is worth worth our time? Worth your time? More, more like, is it worth your time? <laughs> right. Everything's worth my time. I don't do a whole lot, so. 
Well, I feel that for sure right now. <laughs> that's actually that's that's probably going to change really quickly. <laughs> well, let's get to, let's get going on some history research. And- okay, sounds good. Yeah, we'll have to have conversations about like what we want to cover. But that's today. That's those are conversations we had off air. Yep. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you again, Jess, and thank you, Charlie, for showing up and learning and yep. not telling Thanks us for that explaining, we guys. make and that we it. not telling us that we make no sense. Um, <laughs> I'll let you know. Don't worry. Yeah, I was gonna say you are allowed to say that if we yeah. start getting too. We're- we're going to say that every week. And then one week she's going to be like, oh my God, shut up. You make no sense. <laughs> it's like, coming. Oh, there so. she is. There's my old roommate. Thank you everybody. And uh, I hope that you enjoyed our podcast.